This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, September 24, 2007. I'm Caleb Brown. How is President Bush's war in Iraq progressing? Mark Lynch, a professor of political science at George Washington University, argues that with millions of Iraqis displaced, the war has created a constituency for insurgents. We spoke following a Cato Institute forum assessing the surge. It was held September 20, 2007. The report of David Petraeus seemed to be a highlight reel that refused to show the scoreboard despite some, you know, daring acrobatics. You say that he views the battlefield as something larger than just Iraq. Well, I think it's been pretty clear that uh, that General Petraeus, his understanding of counterinsurgency is one in which American public opinion is one of the most important battlefields, that you can't fight an insurgency if you don't have the support of the home front. So I think he's really um, made a great effort to orient a lot of his strategy towards convincing public opinion. I think that this doesn't begin in September. It uh, goes back quite a ways. You know, there's a reason why he has so much time for visiting senators and visiting congressmen and visiting journalists and why there's been so much effort to uh, cultivate journalists and to show them the on-bar success stories and things like that. So I think that what we saw in September and uh, with the with the Petraeus Crocker report is the culmination of, uh, of a process of domestic political persuasion that's been going on for quite some time, which is really quite interesting because, you know, back in the Cold War, there were actually legal legal barriers in place to the dissemination of propaganda to the domestic audience. And somewhere along the line, that just disappeared. And uh, I think it's a little bit alarming. As to Ambassador Crocker... It seems that he has been placed in charge of a situation over which he has no control and that you suggest uh, the Bush administration has very little control over, which is political reconciliation. I think the political reconciliation has always been the key to Iraq. And if you go back to the beginning of the surge, you go back to January and February, um, this was the explanation that was given by senior military and uh, State Department officials and by the president himself, that the point of the surge was to create a breathing space for political reconciliation. And uh, this was reassuring to many of us because we were afraid that we were going to continue the failed policy of you know, focusing on minor tactical issues and ignoring the wider political context. But unfortunately, that seems to have largely disappeared. And the reason for that is that we've had some tactical military success, but the national political level has been an absolute disaster. Um, if you read the, uh, especially Ambassador Crocker's report, it's deeply pessimistic. And that's good. At least he's honest. Over the course of the surge, it's not just that we haven't seen progress on the political front, it's that things have actually gone backward. We've seen the Sunni bloc pulling out of the national government. We're seeing the fragmentation of the uh, the ruling uh, uh, UIA Shia bloc. Uh, we've seen absolutely no progress on the so-called benchmarks, the core political agreements. Um, things are getting worse rather than better. And I think that Crocker, who is a very able ambassador, is doing the best that he can, but basically he's in an impossible situation. The United States has very little leverage right now. You know, and, you know, it's amazing if you think about it. The president of the United States has these frequent conference calls with Noriel Maliki. We've got this very clear set of signals coming out of Ambassador Crocker to the various factions in Iraq that this matters to us. We need to see political reconciliation in order to keep this strategy working. And the Maliki government depends on us. 
for its survival. You'd think that they would be amenable to our influence, but they just basically completely ignored us. And uh, I think that goes back to the basic problem that we don't have a lot of influence over them. We can't threaten to leave because Bush has made it clear we're not going to leave. We can't do much to them so they can afford to ignore us. So we're sitting over there fighting the war, but we're getting very little political gain out of it. The more I learn about the surge and the more headlines I've read recently, I probably should have identified the surge as a political tool much, much earlier. Troops go up, troops go down, and when troops go down, there is a headline that appears saying uh, troops are are coming home. Can you evaluate that? Well, yeah. The um, the current uh, supposed proposal for a troop troop withdrawal is uh, is pretty meaningless. This is just uh, this was always going to happen. Um, so it's it's pretty uh, pretty dishonest to cast that as a withdrawal of any kind. But the real problem is that most of what they can identify as uh, successes of the surge are immediate direct reflections of increased American forces on the ground. And when those increased American forces go away, there's absolutely no reason to think that they've created anything sustainable which can take its place. I mean, if you look at the the main areas of military progress where civilian casualties have gone down, you've basically got three things going on. One is in Anbar province where the Sunni tribes and uh, the insurgency factions have made their own decision for their own reasons to fight against al-Qaeda and to build up their forces, probably in preparation for a coming war against the Shia. You've got neighborhoods in Baghdad and other provinces where you have these increased American troops kind of maintaining a constant patrolling, and that can work for a while, but it doesn't solve anything. And then the part that people are only now really, I think, starting to pay attention to, you've got the fact that sectarian ethnic cleansing has actually worked in large parts of Baghdad and other formerly mixed cities. Uh, There's been some good reporting on this over the last uh, few days of the uh, internal refugee crisis, displaced persons, you know, so maybe two million people. And these people are people who have an immediate direct experience of their families being slaughtered. Uh, The typical story is that someone in your family is killed, usually in a brutal fashion. Then you get a note put up on your door saying it's time for you to leave. And then, you know, your children get threatened And so you leave, you pack up and you go. Now, where do you go? You go to some other, you know, say you're Sunni, you go to a Sunni uh, majority area where you feel safer, but you carry those memories with you. And the idea that these people are having some kind of bottom-up reconciliation because a few people are taking jobs in the police force is absolute insanity. What we're seeing is the hardening of sectarian identities. We're seeing hatreds, and we're seeing these competing narratives sinking into place while the U.S. is helping to arm both sides. And uh, so I think what we're looking at, whether the U.S. stays or leaves, um, is uh, some pretty intense uh, civil war. And I don't think it makes much difference if the U.S. is here for six months, six years, ten years. Um, I think it's going to happen. Mark Lynch is a professor of political science at George Washington University. You can hear the more complete event, Assessing the Surge, held September 20th at our website. It is archived at cato.org.